with Nick Menezes and Dane McLean. Live chat about everything cinema, from new releases, iconic films, and plenty more for you movie lovers. Live for CMRU.ca. And now, to the men behind the mic. Welcome back. We're here with Sin City with one of your hosts, Nick Manessis. And joining us today is our good friend, Ben Goodman. Happy to be here again on Sin City. Exciting day. So, doing that, how are you doing that? Like, basically, classes are back, and yeah. Yeah, things are good. Yeah, it's doing the online classes thing. And uh, yeah, we only had a couple classes so far, but it's been good so far. Here, man. Here, yeah. I I saw you in the in not my in the first class in the journalism. You oh, were... research design. Yeah, yeah, man. With Adiola, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, were you uh, like, were you, are you like taking the class too? Like, are you uh, a student or are you uh, like? The... Yeah, I'm a student. Yes, I'm a student. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, man. And, yeah. Also, and again, uh, congratulations on your ongoing show, Pretty Cold Prattle. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. We'll do probably episode two this week. It'll, it'll be fun. It's a fun time for sure. But we're doing Sin City. It's very exciting. September Sin City. It's good stuff. And could you let the, I know they could see the, probably the description, what the show's about, but let the audience know, Nick, what, what, what the show's about this week. Of course. So today we're going to be chatting about the work of the Sandman himself, Adam Sandler, just in time for his birthday, which is just tomorrow. Yes. And I, and I know, Ben, this is a topic you've always wanted to do, and I've been saving it for this very moment. So here you are, man. You made it. Yeah, I made it. Uh, made it to do this the Sandman episode of Sin City. It's very exciting. Um, yeah, I've always been a defender of his. Always been a fan of his. For I mean, man, going to, going into oh, do we not to sorry break my not very much of a tangent, but I, I believe the second host is here. That's right. Yes. Second host, can we? Are you here? Hello. Hey. 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 You have a name, by the way. I'm sorry for calling you second host. This is second host. Nice to second, see you guys. Second host. Always good to talk. We were just, I was just uh, vamping a bit, talking about uh, this week's topic, uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, yes. And we're ready to just go with it. Oh, I know that. Very, very good. That's good. Big Daddy Nick. Amazing, <laughs> amazing background. Wow. Big Daddy. Man. Big Daddy Dane. That's got a nice ring to it. B double D. Big Daddy Dane. Of course, I'm referring to. I mean, you could call him Big Daddy, but you know, one of my favorite of his movies is called Big Daddy from 1999. Cool. The water yeah. Have you all? You all got to keep hydrated, both you guys. Have you kept hydrated? Oh. 
I'm not just about to do that right now. Well, so you are the water boy, Nick. Good. What Lots else? Water. Have either of you ever golfed? Mm, yes, actually. Uh, well, and if you count that mini golf, count just one. Like I gone to some. Yeah, I, I, I have mini golf. So that's the only real golf I've done. I think I've done like shooting the shooting. They call the driving range or shooting range. No, shooting range is something else. Driving range. But you know, it's like where you. It's like you know, you try to get a heart. You know, you hit the ball, right? Mm-hmm. You know about the, the driving range, a uh, second host. <laughs> Oh yeah, With golf. That's where, that's where you practice your swing, right? Yeah, and there's also like I I know there's some place in Calgary, which for the audience abroad, that's where we're all located, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, there's a place where you just do the shooting range. I keep saying the shooting range, the driving range. Shooting range is like something else, which I've never done that. So out of character for you, Ben. I don't know what you're talking about shooting ranges for. I don't know. I don't know. Driving range. We we know what you mean. I'm oh. hilarious because of course Happy Gilmore. I'm talking mm-hmm. about golf. It's Happy Gilmore. Uh, Classic movies from our week's topic. Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Lots of uncut gems for sure. Oh yeah, uncut gems. <laughs> I believe because Nick, uh, that is probably your favorite. Because you, you you could be honest, Nick. You can be honest. I know for the most part, the Sandler movies aren't your cup of tea, as they aren't for a lot of people. I've well, had many fights with people, and it's all good. Nothing serious, serious fights, but. Well, I. I concur. <laughs> yes. No, I, 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 that's fine. It's a bit, um, well, yes, it's zigzag for sure. I do, like, I must admit in the, I, 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 I'm a mild fan of Adam Sandler, especially recently since watching Uncut Gems, which, yes, you're right, Absolutely. it's my favorite. And, of course, he has, uh, like, I found some of his, uh, like his films, I don't know how to I don't know how to put this nicely, but a bit um, crude for my oh. for my like my liking. <laughs> like, like, that's all good. Like, I mean, he's been crude since the start. I mean, that's the you know he hasn't changed for good or for ill, depending on you know what's uh, driving. Another phrase: your mileage may vary. Your mileage may vary. It's what you bring to the movie. You know, you sit down, you come with your own life experience. Crew for maybe dopes like me. I'm like, hey, bring on the crude. Nick is a worldly man. He does. He he, he likes he likes good stuff, good decent stuff. And he's like, why? Well, I don't want any part of this. Come on. And also, um, not even mention. That reminds me, you mentioned before that your favorite director, Paul Thomas Anderson, aka Peter, is a huge fan of uh, Adam Sandler's films. Like the movie I referenced earlier, Big Daddy. He said as recently. I mean, that is his favorite Sandler movie, and that was the movie he saw that in '99. He's like, hey, because he was a fan, you know, of his SNL sketches. But he was like, hey, I should write a movie for this guy. And then, of course, he would do Punch Drunk Love, which he would write for Sandler. And they've been tight ever since. He apparently, he, and like, you know, they're t- still tight friends. Not just because Paul Thomas Anderson's married to Maya Rudolph, who Maya Rudolph and Sandler work constantly, most recently in the, the Grown Ups movies. 
he, she plays uh, Chris Rock's wife in that movie. I, I don't know the characters' names. Look, I love the the grown-ups movies are fun, but I couldn't. I think one of them's the guy's name is Lenny, but they're just like, like they are who they are. It's like, oh, that's Adam Sandler and grown-ups. It's just I don't know who the character is, but my point is. But then San, uh, Anderson. Sorry, this is going to be like a filibuster this episode. I'm just going to ramp it up. I am sorry. Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson, he filmed some uh, for Sandler's Netflix special, 100% Fresh, the stand-up special. He filmed some bits of that, too, in there. Still tight. Anyway. And, and, and yeah, as you mentioned it, I have been looking up a bit about Adam Sandler's uh, back, his biography. And yes, I I was surprised to learn he appeared, he first started out in SNL. Just wow. Impressive. I mean, that's where he got his, I mean, because he was started as a stand up in the early 90s. I think he first briefly appeared, he got a gig on the Cosby show as a guest star, which you can't really mention that show now. But at the time, I mean, huge deal, like number one sitcom, Cosby show. Then he did stand up. He roomed with uh, Judd Apatow, early age. But they roomed together. Of course, you know, frequent partners ever since, leading to funny people. He got the gig in SNL, and then, well, actually, hold on, because he would work, went to NYU first. And his roommate was Alan Covert, who's been in all the movies since, producer. Uh, Jack Jarapato, who was his later producing partner. Like, they all met NYU. You want to talk about, Nick, you talk about the RTGM stuff and, you know, university connections. He met, like, three of, like, the people he's worked with for, like, 30 years in NYU dorm. And then people like he's done with stand-up with, like he met Chris Rock doing stand-up, Spade, David Spade, and Rob Schneider. And, of course, when he moved to L.A., he roomed with Judd Apatow, which fruitful thing there. Oh, Chris. And how about um, Ke- um, when did you meet uh, Kevin James again? Did, like, did, um, Kevin James came later um, because, I mean, another thing about Grown Ups was, like, because they were all very tight with Chris Farley because they all went on SNL together. And but when, by what I mean, they all like him, Spade, Schneider, Rock, like they all. And then Farley was a part of that, too. Norm MacDonald, Colin Quinn, all those guys who were also in Grumps. But of course, Farley sadly passed away in 1997, which horrible, horribly sad. He was one of the finest people ever, Chris Farley. Um, but apparently, like the original, like the idea for Grumps was like would be Chris Farley in the Kevin James role. So Kevin James kind of came like a later I don't want to say later in life, but like later in life, friend of theirs, and, and yeah, they always have collaborated ever since. That's really impressive. So heartwarming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was your first like introduction into the work of Adam Sandler guy? Into the Sandler verse, right? <laughs> into the Sandler verse, Sandman verse. Um, I swear I'm not getting paid by this movie because the amount of times I think Big Big Daddy was the first movie I saw of his. I rented it. Because this was 99 when it came out. So, I mean, I was relatively, kind of, when you're young, it's a perfect age to be getting into Sandler stuff, given, you know, the crude nature and juvenile humor. I mean, spot on. But, I mean, I, I, mean, I watched, like, all the Jim Carrey and Mike Myers movies earlier than Sandler, like, like from 96. But then I kind of got into Sandler a bit later than those. But, um yeah, and then just ever since I was like, oh, this rules. And then I just, you know, some movies are better than others. But then I kind of like maybe another later in life thing. Like I just started really rooting for him. And like, I don't know. He's just the more I've read, I think in interviews, like he's just the nicest guy. And actually, I've pulled up a bit 
there's this great New York Times magazine profile from last year, which is tied to the Uncut Gems release. It's a very good uh, story. It's called Ever- Adam Sandler's Everlasting Shtick. Um, here we go. I'm going to read a passage from this. So we're getting your epistle here, page 50. Here, it's Sunday morning here. When he wanted to do – so this is a bunch of clips because he interviewed a bunch of people at the New York Times magazine. I would lead with loyalty as his motto, Jennifer Aniston. Sandler is a very loyal guy to his friends, Kevin Nealon. I have enormous, enormous affection for him, the producer Scott Rudin. Such a menchy sweet person, Judd Apatow. Really down to earth, Nick Swartzen. He's a great guy, David Spade. I love, love, love him, Paul Thomas Anderson. He really cares about people, Kevin James. Very generous with his own praise and support, Robert Smigel. He's very loyal, Tim Hurley. Incredibly loyal and nice, Cohen O'Brien. His level of loyalty is unparalleled, Netflix chief content officer Ted Sarandos. If he goes somewhere, I'll go with him, no matter where. Rob Schneider. If you want a text or email for any little thing that comes up, please feel free to bother me. Anything for Adam. Drew Barrymore. And that's just, they have this paragraph of all these people he contacted for the story by Adam. And just, that's like a dream. Like in your life to, like, to get, you know, that kind of like adorate and just, and it's proof like all those people he's worked with repeatedly. Like Drew Barrymore, like they've done three movies together. Just yeah, anyways. that's amazing. Yeah. How about wow. what Dane? What, what's your? Yeah, opinion? Dane. Sorry, you haven't said a word in here. I'm just kind of blabbing here. Please, you're the host. I'm being an ass here. How about you, man? Uh, you're you're enjoying to the you're, sound. You're, you're giving us content. This is amazing. Uh, I, I don't have too much to say, but I just uh, you know you know I'm I'm a Sandler fan, uh, especially. Especially after Uncut Gems, I think that was yeah, like there you the, go. the solidifying yeah, there you role. Have. But um, of course, he was a big part of uh, childhood movie time, right? Um, I don't know what would be the first movie. He also was a big part of movie time, the channel. There's this movie ch- time and channel called Canada. It's movie time. It's always got sound movies on. Anyway. Probably does, yeah. Bad joke. It probably does have a few. Go on, second host. <laughs> I can't remember which would be the, the first one that I was introduced to. Maybe, I don't know. It could have been any of the ones from like 96 to 2004, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. But yeah, just so many movies in that era when I was mm-hmm. first getting into movies. So it's kind of hard to avoid, you know, the Sandler era. Yeah, the Sandler era. I mean, Dane, you kind of pinpointed. Oh, I used your name. That does weird. I didn't call you second host, Dane. Okay, let's kill. I killed the bit. It was a dead horse. Uh, you kind of pinpointed what a lot of people would say was kind of this golden era. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people say, like those are often the movies they would say it was the best. Like, you know, Billy Madison was the first one. Happy Gilmore, mm-hmm. Wedding Singer, Water Boy, Big Daddy. Little Nicky, which didn't do as well, but I love that movie. Um, but, 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 but Punch Drunk Love came in between Mr. Deeds, Big Crazy Nights, mm-hmm. Anger Management with Jack Nicholson, our dear friend Jack Nicholson, Fifty First Dates. That's like all from yeah from that period, from '96 to '04. Yeah, quite a run. Logan's Run. Oh no, Logan's Run. That's different. They should um, remake Logan's Run with Sandler. The Sandler. Oh. I, oh, I think my Siri just came on. That's unrelated. I think it said, hey, Siri, something about sound. Okay. God, my phone is listening on us. That's nice. <laughs> Our fourth host, Siri. <laughs> Go on. 
Oh. All right. Um. So yeah, mine. <laughs> this is like the Sandler movie episode, like like Sin City. It's kind of like you know, it's like the guys were like busting shops, and you know, it's very loose. There's and another kind of complaint that he gets, which I kind of think is admirable. It's like the later movies. It's like, hey, let's pick a vacation spot. And let's let's get all my friends and let's film a movie there. You know, it might not be the most well written thing on planet Earth, but you know, save a couple, two, three months. Let's go to you know, let's go to Bora Bora. You know, let's go somewhere and just film a movie. But Dane, Dane, both of you guys are, are travelers. That's kind of a that sounds like a good deal to me, right? Pick a pick a beautiful spot in the world, and you know, like you know. Pick that for, and then write a movie to it, and then you have like the main. You're a major star, so you can actually go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's the dream. That, that's yeah. the dream right there. Yeah, shooting in cool locations that would be amazing. Yeah. That's all. That's all you want. That's all you really want. Yeah, and same here. We'd love to make more movies with you, Matt, and all our travels together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll invite Sandman on the next one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And, oh, let me mention it. Um, yeah, my first introduction into uh, the Sandman universe would have to be <laughs> one of his later films, Click. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. Uh, I think Stain has an idea where I'm going to go with this. A classic story I like to tell. Um this was related to a friend of mine um, when the movie came out. Because, you know, Nick, just explain a bit about Click. I mean, people would probably know Click, but, you know, it's it's a nice movie, but certainly it's one of the sadder movies of the Sandler, you would say, right, Nick? Sadder, zigzag, I bet, I, I'd say, like, has its moments of drama, but more comedy overall, I'd say. Yeah. But certainly at the end, it gets, but my friend told me they had a New Year's Eve party one year, and, like, they're just like, oh, Sandler, let's rent Click, let's rent the DVD of Click. And they put it on the New Year's party, you know, a bunch of 20 somethings there. And just, yeah, just kind of bummed out the room at the part where, you know, it gets not to spoil it, but just, you know, gets kind of life or death stakes at the moment. <laughs> just just thinking like the, you know, the clock's going to strike midnight and it's just like, oh, think about your mortality, which I guess is a good time to think about it. You know, a new year, you're another year older, whatever. Like, yeah. it's a very interesting concept to just the thought you have a remote where you can basically go back in time and just change everything. Just yeah. Just rewind, rewind, fast yeah. forward, you know, pause, even pause. That'd be good. Great to pause. And I believe um, Christopher Walken was in that film, was he not? He sure was. It was in the Bed Bath and Beyond. He went to the Bed Bath and went to the Beyond section. That's where Walken was with the remote. It's one of the jokes and click. Um, a lot of great stuff. Love click. Love the whole gang. And then he got so successful. He's like, as sometimes happens, sometimes happens. Like, hey, do you want to start a production company? And he's like, hell yeah, bro. So he starts Happy Madison Productions. So you combine Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison's first two movies, or first two movies, like he produce himself because he also he did movies before then like airheads which is a great movie and where he met steve buscemi for the first time and they've worked together countless times since um but yeah he started his own production company happy madison the first movie they did from that studio was deuce bigelow male gigolo which was the rob schneider movie 
and uh, and then that's sort of some of the thing in terms of taking care of the friends, not just putting them in the movies, but like saying like, hey, David Spade, you have an idea for a movie? It's like, okay, I'm going to write Joe Dirt. I'm going to make Joe Dirt. Hey, Schneider, do you want to do something? All right. Kevin James, do you want to do something? Okay, I'll do Paul Blart Mall Cop. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do, do you want to do something? Okay. And just, yeah, he's done. And then... So he's done movies. Like sometimes he has cameos in these movies, sometimes not at all. Um, but certainly the Happy Mass movies are very good. I like Grandma's Boy. It's kind of an underrated one. One I really liked that was rewatched a couple months ago was The House Bunny with Anna Ferris, and that's an early role for Emma Stone, for as well. Um, Kate, Kat Dennings is in it. It's a great cast. It's a great, great movie. Anna Ferris is tremendous in it. And um, that's a movie about she. Anna Ferris kind of like a former Playboy bunny, who kind of like she thinks she's kind of let go of the job, or at least she thinks she is. There's a little late plot kind of that she's too old, because you know Playboy, you know the aging stuff. It's a commentary on that. So she ends up signs up becoming a house mother, but kind of the unpopular kind of swart swarty swarty. I can't say words. You know, it's like Universal Sorority House, a sorority house. There you go. Oh. I did it on the 12th try. <laughs> and then she kind of comes the house mother looking out for, like, you know, the unpopular kids at the sorority house rather than, and then they're not as well funded. So she kind of, and it's kind of a fun thing. They, you know, it's a, it's a delightful show, movie. Mm. <laughs> and I, I really love how you, like, you have so much energy and love for Alan Sandler for and so much admiration for for because to me now um, I after watching Uncut Gems I feel he's a Alan is a very um misunderstood actor I'd say because a lot of people yeah. tend to give crap for all the you know the fact that he won mul like multiple well won multiple Razzie awards and yeah well, like, you know what else won a Razzie award was The Shining in its first year. Oh, Legit. Yeah. So let's not think about the Razzies. Hmm. I think Skull Kubrick had the last laugh there. Kubrick yeah. and Sandler. Let's put them on the same pedestal. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's sacrifice for most people. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, you gotta give. I'm sorry, were you gonna say something? Oh, I was gonna say, if he keeps it out, Anka Gems, yeah. next, if he makes a couple more. He's gonna do his 2001 coming up. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Oh, I know that came, just came to my mind. Um, uh, I believe you guys have heard of or watched. I know you have been a uh, Jack and Jill. Like, oh, yeah. Al Pacino in that movie. Is tremendous. Playing himself, it's just like I say this. Not like this is hot take central. Like I think I mentioned this on the show before. One of the various shows. Um, the I love the Irishman. Love the Irishman. Pacino's great in the Irishman. I think Pacino is better than Jack and Jill than he is in the Irishman because mm -hmm. he plays himself. Mm. And it's just, he's so committed to this thing. He's like, I can't even do it justice. He does this famous, there's this famous thing that's clipped from it. He does this rap about the Dunkachino, this Dunkin' Donuts kind of cappuccino thing. Um, he's he's obsessed with Jill, which Sandler plays. He plays both Jack and Jill. Um, I don't want to spoil much of it, but like, and he's also like obsessed with Don Quixote. He's playing on a production of Don Quixote. He sings the Man of La Mancha stuff. And just... <laughs> I'm not doing this any bit of justice, but it's just, it's a great committed, like, 
It's like seventies Pacino, but like in a PG dumb comedy. And it's just, it's, I love it. And it's just, he's just, it's like, he's he thinks he could win an Oscar for Jack and Jill, which he um, certainly did not. Certainly most people hated it, despised it, but he's, he's, he didn't get the memo. And which I think is a good thing in general. Like, you know, don't listen to the outside voices. Like, you know, think like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Pacino is like treating this like he's treating Serpico. Like, you know, like the same level of just <laughs> immersion into just the, and which I think that shows what an amazing actor Al Pacino is, but just mm-hmm. that he wouldn't phone in something which he admittedly could phone in. And look, love Robert De Niro, incredible actor. We've we, we've seen him phone it in many times in these dumb comedies. Mm-hmm. The amount of you know just we want just wants a paycheck. I feel like you know, I feel like I some of these movies Robert De Niro is in is like is he is he is he bankrupt? Like it's just like <laughs> he's just like the dirty grandpa. Like <laughs> love Robert De Niro, incredible. He's, he was also great in Irish. I will say De Niro certainly better. In the Irishman, than he was in Dirty Grandpa. I'm not no hot take. <laughs> Certainly much better. Like, it, that's one thing. One of the well, personally to me, one of the few saving graces of uh, Jack and Jill, because I've never seen see Al Pacino experiment. Like I'm guessing this yeah. is probably his most lighthearted film, right? In his appearance in Jack and Jill. Um... He did some. He did a movie called Frankie and Johnny, which is kind of a rom com, which I believe was Michelle Pfeiffer in the early '90s. Which is that's like more of like a romantic thing. But for the most part, Nick, you're spot. I mean, I certainly think Jack and Joe's lighter than that. So I think, yeah, I think you're spot on there, Nick. And just apparently, he was a dream to work with. I was trying to find this quote that Robert Smigel the great Conrad who have work on Jack and Jill saying like he was just always committed and just always had notes. And he again took it very seriously. He'd want to understand the motivation of the character, which again, you think for a movie like this, like, what are you doing? You could, you could easily just, you know, phone it in, just cash a check for this big sound, but no. Pacino. Yeah, and and also, uh, did he make like a a commercial for Dunkin' Donuts in that film? Too? Oh, Dunkachino, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible rap, oh, which it's yeah, it's from the end of the movie, but it, you can easily find it on YouTube, and it won't spoil anything. It's 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 great. Um, yeah, and you think here, and yeah, and then another thing, I'm sorry, just for you associating. That's nothing that sounded that did that kind of set the bar. Keep talking about the Irishman, a Netflix movie, uh, all this stuff. I'm thinking of ending things premiered this week on Netflix, a Charlie Cough movie, superb. It's got nothing to do with anything we're talking about. Um, um, Sandler, though, got the deal with Netflix to make original movies for them, and he was the first. Like they, for terms of making original Netflix movies, the movie that he did, Ridiculous Six, which I'm not that fond of, honestly. So, but that was the first of his deal, and that was the first Netflix, like fully funded, distributed by Netflix original movie. And that that whole Sandler deal was just has been so successful that they've re-upped it. He's like these five film deals repeatedly, and I guess Ted Sarandos and Netflix. The motivation was basically they saw how popular his movies were on Netflix, and like, and they're like, they're they're trying to make get a claim, and um, you know, making their own movies you know, and stuff. So they're like, hey, why don't we reach out to Adam Sandler? 
in which it seems like it's, it seems as if this happened a hundred years ago because now Netflix is just you know routinely getting on for Oscars like Roma that was a full oh, Netflix yeah. thing and just you know yeah. it's just like it's like oh yeah they just it's no big they're part of the conversation now but in 2015 like they hadn't done that before and Sandler that was that, that was the start of it so so like you know Roma's Marriage Story, The Irishman, all these incredible Oscar-winning, Oscar-nominated movies they would later do and are continuing to do. Um, it all started from that Sandler deal. And mm-hmm. those were, I think those movies remain like some of their most popular. I think it was actually last year they announced, um, I believe he did last year, Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston. That was their most streamed movie of last year. But anyway. Yeah. And I'm... And I mentioned it, could you, I was really, I never got a chance to watch this film, but could you tell us a bit more about uh, Punch Drunk Love? Like, I believe that was one of his more uh, serious films, is that correct? Oh, certainly. Though it's, it's like, it's serious, but it's like, at the heart of it, it's a romantic comedy. I mean, certainly there's drama, there's heavy moments, especially when... Uh, the great Philip Seymour Hoffman, he makes an appearance and he very, his, his classic intensity comes through Philip Seymour Hoffman just screaming. And Sandler, he screams in movies and he gets some good screaming in here too. Mm. Um, basically, it's really interesting because Paul Thomas Anderson before then, he did a Magnolia, which is an over three hour epic multi-character thing, sprawling. But Punch Rock Love was the movie he made right afterwards, and it's kind of like the antithesis, antithesis another word I can't say, but I made it through, of, of Megalolia, because it's like, it's 95 minutes. It's like, it's a short movie. Basically, this is centered on Sandler's character, who uh, Barry Egan, I believe his name was, and then there's Emily Watson's character, who's the romantic interest. There's other characters in it, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, but the movie's just basically about those two characters. It's a very focused movie, and just I'm just going to riff off the IMDb description here. Sure. So horrible off, off the cuff. It says a, psycho- a psychologically troubled novelty supplier, because I believe he's he gets like jello, he gets like pudding. Anyway, uh, troubled novelty supplier is nudged towards rom- romance with an English woman, all the while being extorted by a phone sex line run by a crooked mattress salesman, which is Phil Hoffman, and purchasing a stunning amount of pudding. Mm. That's the one-liner. Wow. And uh, it's lots of stuff happening, but it's really a beautiful, it's a beautiful movie. There's some fun stuff in it, certainly intense movies in it. Um, but I, like, I think uh, it's really one of the best, like, romantic movies I've seen. And just, I think it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's, good, it's like, a, like a nice kind of uplifting-ish end, which you often don't get with the Paul Thomas Anderson movies, <laughs> which, you know, can kind of be a bit of a downer, which I love, but, you know. Yeah. And about the topic of, uh, about this whole topic, like sometimes, like back then, I usually, I relied too much on like Rotten Tomatoes. Like usually if a film gets a like very low rating, I think, uh, no, I'm not gonna watch this film because of the rating. But now I realize that it's all kind of like you show me, Ben, like it's all a matter of, you know, perspective. Like yeah. it's all... Like you're your own critic, basically. Like now that I think about it, hundred percent. 
the lowest rated film I've ever seen and I think about it that I actually like like not like but love is uh, uh, Batman v Superman because that film yeah it's yeah, pretty good like absolutely and again you you have your own perspective you've lived your years years on this earth and just you bring what you can to the movie and just you know just like you know when Dane watches a movie second host watches a movie he brings his life experience and everything he's done you know into watching it because you don't we all it, it would be certainly very boring and certainly be a boring Sin City if everyone just had the same opinions and were just like yeah that's great we like you know that movie like if there was no like you know nuance of thought or like that <laughs> this it would make for boring conversation but that we all have you know our specific interests specific mm-hmm. movies yeah. we like and all that i mean that's that's more fun i think because we're all different people which not to break news we're all different people <laughs> exactly and talking kind of about what you mentioned about uh the shining being nominated or winning a yeah. Razzie. I had no idea that actually happened, but uh, that really proves it. I mean, opinions change over time, and uh, no one would ever... People would think that's ridiculous hearing that today, knowing how influential The Shining has been, mm-hmm. that at one time it wasn't really universally loved. So it shows how... Uh, it doesn't matter if you like something that other people don't like initially it could turn out to be something that everyone ends up loving so yeah. you might as well just embrace what resonates with you i think that's a yeah. good answer, right i'm kind of taking the page this tom sharpling kind of told me this quote told me i don't personally but it's like basically i think a good way to live life is just like what you like but just don't be a dick about it you know but yeah. like what you like and as long as you're not like you know mean or anything then just do you know like what you like mm-hmm. it's cool mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but I don't, I don't think so far in any of our like conversations we've never disagreed with one another so far <laughs> no but that's fi- that's fine too i'm not i'm not saying you know i'm not okay. asking for disagreement <laughs> you know what i mean course yeah. and yeah like another back to your example guys i'm just, about... I'm just trying, like oh why don't you i'm gonna bring up a movie batman superman or whatever like this no but just like i'm just saying like everyone has but the thing is it's like you both like the same you might like some similar movies but i bet the reasons you like them that could be what the differs you know exactly. like you know you both exactly. like you know it would be like a thing like a writing contest like i don't know what you're thinking here um, like The Lighthouse, which is a big movie you both enjoy, to put it lightly. You both love The Lighthouse. If I was, like, the teacher Ben here, like, hey, both of you write an essay on what, why The Lighthouse is great, and, like, you know, just write your own, I bet you'd have different reasons. You know? You might pick out, like, different moments that you like about it, you know? Yeah, or things that we uh, disliked about the same thing we liked. Like maybe yeah. within every movie that you like, there's things you dislike, and maybe absolutely you would change something that someone else would keep. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. That's that's just uh, sorry. There's lots of noise going on in my stairwell. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like I'm sorry the radio audience podcast audience can't see this because it's almost like you're in Punch Drunk Love or something <laughs> like, this, like, this, like this dolly shot of you walking around the house and I feel like I'm John Bryan music's playing underneath you or something it's, it was very intense I loved it I, 
my phone was on three or four percent, so I, I'm good now. Um, but just, I uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah the, actually, you know, not to, you know, we're in the midst of school, so it's not time to do this. But I think that'd be a fun exercise to do. Like, you know, pick a movie you, you both enjoy or both you both know that, and just write about it, and just don't consult with each other. Mm-hmm. And just like send it, like you know, just say like, "Hey, this is why I like the lighthouse. This is why I like um, just uh, 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 a Denis Value movie, which I'm not exactly. pronouncing correctly. You know, oh, one of those. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I think, for example, like if if you think you know everything and that your taste is the best, yeah, you'll never like improve, right? You'll they never know. grow. You'll never grow. So having a like learning from other people and learning to see from their perspective is so important. I think it's like, it makes life fun because otherwise you, you would be bored as, as a person if you never. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know Nick, you're kind of saying like, Oh, you haven't really had much disagreement, but like I truly, I believe both of you have had different life experiences. You're both different agents and stuff. So it's just, that's what makes it fun. I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, um, as long as you're, like, able to not take things too personally, because I, I think when I was young, I think if someone said a movie that I really like isn't as good as as I think it is, it would kind of, right. like, personally affect right. me. Like, yeah. wh- what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. but, By the way, this is very wrong for me when uh, I'm talking about Miami Vice. Dane just says, one, like, a couple years ago, just like, oh, I didn't really, it wasn't even, like, that intense. Like, oh, I'm not really a fan. I'd leave the room. So I am I am a hypocrite for expounding on this. So just, we all do it at times. <laughs> I mean, you know, you I did that mostly as a joke, to be clear. But still, I'm just, I want to call myself out. I'm then calling myself up. You, you just have to bring up how I reacted to your 1975. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have our stuff. Yeah, like, back to your point. Yeah, I used to act sometimes like that. Like, if someone didn't have, like, like the, the, the same film as I did. Like, for, for example, um, I was, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I was, oh, yeah, I was watching a pulp, pulp Fiction, right? And then I watched it with my mom. She loved it, by the way. And then I watched it with my dad, and he was like, mm, "It's, it's not. Mm, I didn't really enjoy it." And I was like, "What? Like, <laughs> God, oh my God, that was right. Well, we oh. even do that, like personally, on a personal level. We, we like, or sorry, we dislike things, and then we grow to like it. For example, and we think it's crazy that we never liked in the past. Like, I, I can, I can say that about. Uh, it sounds crazy because it's like one of my all-time favorite movies, but Drive. When I when I was first introduced to Drive when I was like probably 13 or 14, my dad was like, you really need to see this movie. I think you'd like it, you know. It's got everything in, it, in a good movie, like what you would like from it. Plus, it's something fresh. And I was kind of... I wasn't a huge into, I guess... I, I, I was... I didn't understand who Ryan Gosling was at the time. Like I was, yeah. I was kind of basing it off of what I'd seen with the Notebook and everything. As a thirteen-year-old, I wasn't, I wasn't deep enough into his stuff. And as you know, today I'm a huge Gosling. Of course, of course. And I've seen most of his work since. But at the time, I was like, uh, I'll, I'll watch it another time, Dad. Yeah. And that was like 2011. And then three years yeah. later, I, I watched that movie like once a week for the next six months. Yeah. So that shows how people just like you're not oh, really fully. ready for it at the time and. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, 13-year-old Dane watching that. I mean, that is certainly, like, 
that is certainly a singular kind of movie. Like it's, I can't believe that was a huge wide release movie when I think when you watch it, like, yeah, I mean, that was in every theater playing and just, mm-hmm. it's crazy to think because how weird it is, and how great mm-hmm. it is and stuff. But, but yeah, you weren't ready for it, but then you, then you were ready for it. Yeah. Cause I, I, I was actually into probably what, drive was at the time but i i mistook it i thought it was going to be like an action film like i thought it was going to be this like glossy action film on the surface i just saw ryan gosling you know but then when you actually watch it you realize wow this movie is so different from what you expect so yeah i mean you weren't wrong yeah i remember the advertising at the time did kind of emphasize the action which i think that was part of the reason i remember like reports at the time like people in the theater like this is what i signed up for what is this exactly and then you had uh, people thinking the other way, like, oh, I was expecting this and I got this and it yeah. was way better than I expected. So I think that's like the same thing with Adam Sandler with like, with like Uncut Gems, especially. Yeah. You know, I think Uncut Gems and Drive, you could really say, or like it's a similar sort of uh, um, subversive film where you're like you're expecting one thing and you get a totally different thing. And similar scores. Yeah. Similar kind of vibe. Too, oh, totally. And really, like, blew, blew way over, or what am I trying to say? Uh, exceeded expectations, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, just yeah. is way better than people were expecting going into it, so. Right. Yeah, so I think Adam Sandler's another guy that you have to just sort of, t- like, take take him for what it is in each film. Like, don't, don't associate him with past films and just try to... Mm-hmm go into it blind a little bit. I think that's important. But another thing I really appreciate about Sandler too, is like, he could easily with like the success of Uncut Gems and stuff, just be like, you know what? I'm not going to do any comedies ever again. I'm not going to, you know, all this, but he's still like, you know, Happy Madison's going strong. Mm-hmm. He's got this movie coming out in October by the way called Hubie Halloween, which is just, again, he's playing this big, ridiculous character a movie. Like, oh, all these movies by the way, he co-writes. Like, he's not just a star for hire. He's just fully develops them, helps write them. But I, I really appreciate about Sandler is that he could be, like, you know, just chasing chasing Oscars or chasing stuff like that. But, like, no, he he started in comedy, and he's got this company, he likes working with his friends, and he mm-hmm. wants to keep doing that. So I think the balance that he's doing where, like – like I know the Safties are huge Sandler fans and that's why they, they approached him and it took years for that to happen. I think he's only like the movies that interest him, movies that, you know, that are different from the comedies he'll work with or if people like the director seem cool and stuff, but he's not going to be, going to be chasing just not just chasing, you know, an Oscar or something, mm-hmm. which I think well, is great. That's what I, another thing I really admire about him. Like he's, he's really happy, like to be himself in his, in his work, basically. Like he, he didn't win the Oscar and he wasn't like, uh, like, oh, he wasn't even nominated. Right. right. Like, come on. And he didn't even, like, he didn't make such a big deal about it either. Like he, he was actually, he actually liked working in the film. He didn't matter about the accolades or the recognition. In fact, at one, but at one point, he did make a bit of a joke saying that if I don't win an Oscar this year, I'll make another bad comedy, he said. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm going to try and find this. As I, he did a great tweet on the day the Oscar nominations came out. One second, bop, 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 bop. Should have planned this, planned this, scrolling through tweets. How's it going, Dane and Nick? 
scrolling through the tweets. You tweet a lot, Sandler. You tweet a lot, Sandler. Space bar, space bar, space bar, going down. Oh, here it is, finally. I could have done it all day. Okay. So this was the day then Oscars got. This was January 13th. You said, bad news. Sad man gets no love from the Academy. Good news. Sand man can stop wearing suits. Because he was wearing suits. Because class thing a lot of talks was he wears like basketball shorts and like a DC shoe shirt, like the most casual outfits you'll have ever seen. But then he wraps up saying, Congrats to all my friends who got nominated, especially Mama, which is referring to Kathy Bates, who played as Ma- the Mama character in Waterboy, and Kathy Bates was nominated for uh, Richard Jewell that year. I think that's it's a, it's a classic Sandler thing, like just you know, like self-deprecating on himself, but then taking it to just he's happy for his friends getting nominated. It's amazing, yeah. Really great, uh, great actor, and a really great guy too. Yeah. Always. Very cool. Oh, and your and your your song, the song that you were just singing about before reminded me. I believe you know about the Hanukkah song he did for oh, SNL. Yeah, he's done three versions. It's yeah. incredible. It's classic. Wow. He's done a lot of great songs, does a lot of great comedy albums. Um, you want to talk about crude though, Nick? I mean, one of my favorites is a song called At a Medium Pace, which I am not going to sing or attempt to sing or read lyrics because I know you're trying to get me to curse before, Nick, on the show, but I'm not, I, I don't want the Sully, Sully Nick, Clint Eastwood, Sully Richard Jewell. I'm just connected. Sorry. Have you seen Sully, by the way? The Tom Hanks movie? I haven't seen some of it. Yeah. yeah, it's good. I like Sully. I, think I, and I, I, I record Richard Jewell. And Richard Jewell's on. I'm going to watch Richard Jewell soon. Was well, this the Clean Eastwood episode? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, not, not related, but when I first heard about the film Sully, I didn't he, I, I thought it was going to be like some kind of, you know, like a film related to Monsters Inc. <laughs> like a, some kind of prequel. That'd be wild, though, because of course Tom Hanks plays Woody in Toy Story, and to have him play, that'd be a crossover. Right. <laughs> but then Sully, certainly, you know, that was incredible. The Miracle on the Hudson, they call it. Imagine. Save all those people landed on the water with that plane. Yeah. Crap. What do you, what do you think of Sully in his general, Nick? Or Dane? I or both of you. I don't know. I, think I just <laughs> saw the, the last. Like, because the first 20 minutes, I think, is like the plane landing in the river already. I think it, it happens quite quickly. Then the rest of the movie is kind of like all of the drama afterwards. Yeah. So I think, I, I honestly, I think I might have stopped watching after that. Like the actual landing yeah. was amazing. Like that, that was really, it's true. that was great cinematography and everything was, wow. It's great though. I like, it's like, it's like a, to your point, it's like 90 minutes and like, he didn't want to overstay his welcome. It's just like, you know, I'm not sure insane to make this two hours. <laughs> so I, I need to go back and watch it fully because I know I, I'm doing a disservice by not watching it properly, but yeah. Um, yeah. Sully Sullenberger. Which has got to say a top name. Imagine being named Sully Sullenberger. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool name. Yeah. It's just it's just made for you know to be in a movie. Sully. But, Sullen- uh, yeah. It, it was. I remember when that happened in real life. Like that was one of the most shocking events. I think. Truly. How how did this happen? Like that's. Yeah. That's and again, like it's heroic. you know. Yeah, I know you guys. I certainly I haven't experienced in airplanes. 
I, I only could go by car, but you guys have airplane experience all the time. And just think of how insane and scary that would be. Mm-hmm. And, but thank God for someone like Sully. Yeah. He has saved everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, most most plane crashes are, like, there's, there's often people that survive. And, I mean, there are super dangerous, obviously, but I think... Yeah. To be able to do to do something like that is just incredible. Like such a risky decision, but it was the right decision, and it's just I don't know. It, it takes a special kind of pilot to be able to to think that one through. Miracle and, on the Hudson is that your favorite form of travel? The airplane? Do you like or what else do you like? Do you like a good train? Yeah, probably. Or, or car, by car is nice, or train. Car is the one I'm most familiar with. Plane, is, plane gets you where you need to go quite quick, and, you know, it's, it's some beautiful, you see some beautiful things while, while you're landing and taking off, so. True. Probably I bet a movie you love, Dane, is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Ooh. You get all of them in that movie. <laughs> yeah. No boats, though. Wow. That's true. There might be one scene with a boat. I don't That's know. Cool. That's the sequel. That would be cool. But John Candy's dead so sadly. The great John Candy. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's for the John Candy episode. I'm sorry for diverting. (laughs) Nick, do you have any travel thoughts about what we're talking about? The planes and trains, automobiles? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Plane is really my number one, like my favorite form of transportation, really. Like, it's something I like to try for something unique. Like, it really gives me that, you know, that sense of free freedom that I'm in one. Yeah. It's really a mere, I mean, a miracle, but just the whole point of air travel in general is just remarkable. Like you're in a fly, like you're a flying tube, essentially, a tube with wings and you're getting you know, get from one place to the next. Yeah. Maybe I'm watching too many of those flight simulator videos where I'm just really against the oh, air travel flight that. simulator. Yeah, it's really amazing when you think about it. And especially when you think about just how far you go without stopping, like yeah, you know, some of the longest flights I've been on was like Calgary to Manchester, England, which is holy moly, insanely far. To just go in one one flight, and you you go across the Arctic Ocean and you you land in another continent, and it's you know it's not that long really. It's just eight or nine hours to do yeah. to do that kind of distance under a day to think in that far. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to air travel, but also shout out to Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh, longest I've been to is from traveling from Chile all the way to Canada. That was when I first moved in, by the way. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That would, that's, a far, that's a far travel. That'd be very far. And if I remember correctly, Ben, the furthest you've been is Spokane, Washington, isn't that? Yeah, that's right. And that's it. Is you got that one? And that's all from car. I've literally—I don't say this as a bit. That's certainly not a bit. But also, I've ne- I've never, never been on an airplane. I, and I'm not certainly not against talking about airplanes. As, we, as we've talked about these airplanes for ten minutes on this show, I'm clearly interested <laughs> in airplanes and flight in general. But I will sometimes. I'll go oh, on yeah. a plane. Flights might be a little bit cheaper after coronavirus with right. wanting to encourage people to fly again. So 
you might get some good deals and now's my chance you might just have to go for it just go with it go with right? it sandler <laughs> yeah i love, 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 love that film too yeah and i was the one that introduced me also to jennifer aniston who by the way when i was small i had a big crush on her she was... i mean why wouldn't you i mean you know <laughs> Great talent, Jennifer Aniston. And Nicole Kidman's also in um, uh, Just Go With It, as I recall. Oh, oh was she? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's in it playing uh, Devlin Adams. Devlin Adams. Man, Brooklyn Decker's also in it. Interesting. And you go, it's Nick Swartzen. Great, Dave Matthews. That's a, I like how he has like these weirdo guys, like on like guys who are just regulars. Like Dave Matthews, the famous musician of the Dave Matthews band. He's been like in four of his movies, just in like random actor roles. And it's all he acts in general. It's just, like he only acts for Sandler, like Dan Patrick, the ESPN host. He always finds a cameo for him. Yeah, it's just it's again the loyalty thing. Finds a role, role for these, you know, people whether they're actors or not, because he thinks they're funny or you know they're cool people. And it's like tries to get them in there. Um, yeah, out of all of them, like let's talk about it about Uncut Gems. Oh God, I have so many things to say about that film, guys. Yeah, like, both uh, Like, well, first of all, like it's like seeing, like I was shocked. Like this is like not the same Adam Sandler that we that I saw before when I was a kid. Like you know, all those comedic, and, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's really strange, and in a, in a good way, in the best way possible, to see him in a really dark and serious role. Like he really nailed it. Like yeah, it's wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's truly. Yeah. And I believe I saw you guys watching it in your office right then. Like, yes, I watched my former office with uh, the great Matthew Merriman. We watched, I believe, the, well over the first hour in the office. And then we had, you know, we had to pull the plug and I had to watch the rest at home. But because that was the day that was the very day it came out hmm. in um, December, December. No, January. January came out. Yes, January. I'm talking to myself. Mm. Yeah, January. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's how hyped I was for it. I'm like, look, I know I have school right now, but look, a computer's right in front of me. Let's do it. Let's watch Uncut Gems. I believe Dane and I also showed you a bit of like the beginning. Because yeah. I, I think I showed you a, which what a beginning to show, you know. First ten minutes, probably. Yeah. yeah it's like where do where do you think that's you know you you don't know where you turn the movie. It's like I wasn't expecting this, and certainly. You get close, you get the closest to Adam Sandler you've ever been to in any movie, or where the movie starts, which certainly, it's, it's, you don't expect to get, you know, I'm like, look, I'm, I love you, Sandler, you're great, but let's not, it's a bit, bit, bit much, get, get that deep into him. That was probably one of the most interesting just transitions though you go from oh yeah it's incredible like the the the, the diamond mine in africa and then like just how they like that was really that was really interesting it's kind of i mean obviously disgusting but it was it was really <laughs> it was really good it really good cinematography yes. and like editing that was insane actually that and that great music again keep going back to music but i remember the music in the beginning in particular it just really yeah. creates that yeah, sets like, the mood that's right it sounds like a like like a, dime, like a gems shining basically like really fits mm-hmm. for sure yeah yeah that, 
that feels like a shot that people will remember for a long time like yeah film film studies classes will study that study that soon <laughs> there's that great twitter account was it called one perfect shot there you go like we're doing screen caps movies then you go one perfect shot just <laughs> 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 for Adam Sandler to agree to that, that was pretty. That's pretty. I mean, that you know, that, he's got clearly as proof. He's got no shame. Yeah, nope. it takes yeah. a certain type of person to be like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> I mean, look, I just did a movie where I pretend to be a woman, like chasing after Al Pacino. I did, you know, he could probably go down his entire filmography. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, I, you know, that's nothing. Oh, I'm yeah. down for whatever. Yeah, but God, like Uncut Gems, this film was, as I mentioned before, so stressful to watch, really. Like, so, oh God, anxiety yeah. from start to finish. Like, you want, like, you know, he has so many chances to pay them back, but yet he keeps screwing up every, every turn. <laughs> yes. Honestly, and like, I say this mostly as a joke, but. Uh, like I, I, like I, certainly you are not the first person I get hurt. Like it's anxiety inducing, it's just freaks you out. But I'm just like, hey, this is my life. This is my life in the T-wing. You know, this is. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm just kind of leaning back watching this. Like, okay, I hope you get this, Howard Ratner. But you know, I, 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 I relate to you. You know, I want you to. Kind of the just the. So many things going on at once in your job. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, it's like, okay. So many responsibilities. And it's just like, oh, finally my life is portrayed on screen, you know. <laughs> I, I bet like an eight-hour day from you, Ben, and work is like 30 minutes by how fast-paced it is. So has this been a real change of pace, this whole thing? Because, you know, certainly, you know, how I was in January is different than I am in September with my workflow mm. in the house. I, I promise you I'm not running around like that in this house. This is definitely more chill, more chill gems. I think your life has gone from uncut gems to little house on the prairie. I think so. Uh, <laughs> first cow. It's more first cow right now. Oh. I, I believe I got a call from someone. Oh, it says it says it's from Howard Ratner. I believe. Oh, hello, hello, Mr. Ratner. Um, you see, I'm doing a podcast right now with Ben. He's a huge fan of your work, and he would like your autograph. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Go on. Uh -huh. Oh, Ben. You know, he just said this to me. He just said, "I think I'm gonna come over to your house." Oh, wow. <laughs> Love that. That was beautiful, Nick. Wow. Beautiful performance. That, was, that, was that so is, that is, if you've seen the movie, you fully understand what Nick was doing there. Mm, yes. That was some great stuff. Mm -hmm. The Uncut yeah. Gems is on Netflix if you haven't seen it. Because we kind of, we haven't really spoiled much, I, I don't recall. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's great. Yeah. And also shout out to like I I was really shocked halfway through the film that I found out the weekend was in that movie. Like as themselves also. Like wow. Just wow. And I believe the bas the basketball player that I forgot his name, but he's himself. KG. Ah yeah. okay. he stars as himself in the film, right? Like Yeah. Stone to stone, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, I've never seen a movie like that that had like a 
well, I, there's other movies that have had professional basketball players, but to have it in such a prominent role, and also Kevin Garnett, I don't think he ever was in a movie previous. Never. That was why it was like really Never. surprising. And then The Weeknd, yeah, that was like to get The Weeknd in a movie is huge. That's not that's not an easy feat. And then to just kind of have him as just like a secondary character, mm-hmm. like <laughs> I don't know, it's just and in such a way where you know you think The Weeknd might be kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I, how I would feel being the weekend being in that movie because it kind of might show him in a slightly not idea. Yeah. But he handled it well, and it was it's fiction. Right? You want to talk about brave? Yeah. <laughs> like putting yourself out there like that. Yeah. That's... But I mean, it's fiction, and then people get that, and it's like, yeah. When it's Adam Sandler, you know, okay, this is this is not supposed to be serious. Yeah. This isn't the weekend, but it's pretty unique to have that kind of cameo and with that kind of like kind of controversy right it's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting <laughs> and uh yeah and um it, i find it also to be a bit in a way of course relatable to me because for a guy who sometimes like from time to time i tend to procrastinate with my work sometimes like i tend to sometimes i tend to rush at the last minute but back then yeah like it's like especially but i tend but one times when i don't procrastinate is when uh when karen informs us that she's assigned us something that's due at the end of the exact same day she assigned us <laughs> you can relate to that anxiety and since we are have now reached the one hour mark it's time to hear this your top three favorite adam sandler moments in film let's start with you ben moments oh boy let's see um let's see i mean like i i love uh, billy madison was the first one there's a great moment in that or scene um it's the steve buscemi scene with that hold on i'm just trying to piece this a bit it's kind of like he's kind of calling to apologize to Sibu semi who's kind of like a kind of bully character and just i don't like it's, it's an incredible scene i'm kind of not really doing it justice but it's a great scene between both sandler and Sibu semi and they've had many great scenes together throughout the years and uh, to tell another guy like incredible actor like he's in uh, dramas the coen brothers work he was on sopranos boardwalk incredible in boardwalk empire but and then it just he still finds time as recently as a couple movies ago i think the week of which is a great movie he was in that he's very good in it just to continue to be in these sandler movies just and being as like absurd and and as possible and just i i think that's amazing um so billy madison certainly i was really really kind of recently kind of really getting into little nicky again which is certainly a divisive movie in his catalog but it's got one of the craziest casts uh quinn tarantino plays a deacon uh everybody's aussies in it ozzy osbourne regis the late Richard regis philbin he will also be in jack and jill uh, Patricia Arquette, um, Harvey Keitel, Rodney Dangerfield as Lucifer, because it's all about uh, Little Nicky's the son of the devil and stuff. Um, Reese Witherspoon, and just uh, there's great great moments in there. Um, I'm not giving specific moments. I'm kind of botching this. Uh, you know what? A movie I really love of his, which I haven't mentioned yet. You don't mess with the Zohan, which he wrote with him, 
Mark Smigel and Judd Apatow wrote this, 2008. He's kind of like he's this kind of as this uh, he's kind of this Israeli army counterterrorist commando fakes his death to to pursue his dreams of becoming a hairstylist in New York City. I think the whole opening ten minutes of that, which kind of shows the world, is just like some of the dumbest fun possible. And, I, and then the movie continues, and uh, John Turturro, the great John Turturro, plays the villain in that, playing the Phantom. Which again, these incredible actors just killing. John Turturro was also Mr. Deeds, great in that. Um, that's my boys really underrated. I love funny people. Um, yeah, I just uh, I like. It's hard to boil down to moments, Nick. So I just want to say my favorite of his movies, just which are, you know, a movie is a series of moments. Billy Madison, Lil Nicky, and You Don't Miss the Zohan's top three. But then Funny People is like incredible. And like certainly Punch Drunk. And it's hard because it's like Punch Drunk Love and Uncut Gems. I'm not cutting those out. But I'm just because the comedies are just so prevalent in my mind. Um, like it's hard to rate those similarly to like the other ones, at least for me. But just they're all amazing. That's just a, just five when he said three. So I'm breaking all the rules. I'm very sorry. No worries, man. No worries. First rule of Sin City is there are no rules. Let's make that official. Yeah. And now we move on to Dane, aka the second host. Oh. Okay, so this was really hard to come up with three moments, so I'll try my best to center in on specifics, but number three would be from Anger Management, probably the scene of oh. Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler in the car together. And this is maybe more of a Jack Nicholson moment, but I like when he's like singing, he's like, la 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 Like, I think he's practicing for the some role right or he's trying to get he's trying to help Adam Sandler I can't remember the context of this scene you know what I'm talking about though right yeah of course I can't remember like the context of like the story but uh, you know there's traffic people yelling at swearing at Adam Sandler parked on the side of the what I think is like a bridge or something it's just it's just a good moment with between the two they have such good chemistry and um, yeah anchor manager by the way I think that's the first Sound movie I saw in the theaters, believe it or not. Oh wow! Which again is like weird. Like Big Dad was my first on video, which is ninety nine, and then mm-hmm. I didn't see this, but yeah, Anger Management. So that's a, a certainly mm-hmm. close to my heart. We we love Jack. Oh yeah, we, the, just, they're so good together. I mean, like you have like you know, just, their energies are great. You combine the two of them. It's, it's very yeah. I want to see more of Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler together. That'd be that'd be something. They should do something else. Oh, for sure. And I believe I'm. Let me just let me just double check this before I talk out of my rear end here, which that's Ace Ventura. That's for the Jim Carrey show, talking <laughs> out of the rear end. Um, but 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 oh, anger management just gets up. Anger management in Calgary, which I do not need that. Google, <laughs> don't tell me to do that. Um, yeah, that's right. So Jack, that same year. Did anger management and something's got to give the Nancy Myers movie, which she's incredible. So that was a great year for Jack. Both were huge hits. Both, yeah. you know, one's kind of a big kind of comedy. One's kind of a romantic comedy mm-hmm. with Diane Keaton. So mm-hmm. great year for Jack, 2003. Just want to double check to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you'll see a theme between my three moments. It's usually, I think what my favorite Adam Sandler moments have in all of them is that there's really good chemistry between him and the 
usually yeah. one other character in that scene. So for number two, um, I guess I would go with the Meyerowitz stories. Um, oh, great movie. The, yeah, the scene when he and Ben Stiller, his brother in the film, are, are like walking. I think they're going to the hospital and they're like walking. It's just like a nice tracking shot of them going to the elevator. And it's just it's just this really awkward tension between them because, as, as you guys probably know if you've seen the movie, um, Ben Stiller's character is like this very successful professional guy, whereas Adam Sandler's character in the movie hasn't really maybe done a whole lot in his life compared to his brother feels kind of mm-hmm. or his brother's kind of has this arrogance about him Adam yeah. Sandler's character is like a nice pleasant guy that kind of it's always kind of the butt of the joke in yeah. a way or like kind of put down by his older brother I don't know their age difference but I think you really see Adam mm-hmm. Sandler at his most like uh, sympathetic like you really you mm-hmm. can really you really like him in this movie because he's very sweet and he's he's not like mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it's a different kind of role. Like I think it's a, lot a really of people, good movie. It is, yeah. It's like it's emotional, and um, it's it, he's funny in it, but it also feels like it's 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 has some seriousness around it. So it's yeah, one of his best films, I think. Yeah. Great Noah Baumbach. That's that similar kind of his tone. Maybe like the Squid and the Whale, and then Marriage Story last year. He did that, which yeah. is kind of like these these comedy dramas. The the comedy comes like you know out of like. I just want to say it's out of real life. That sounds kind of trite, but just like there's kind of relatable moments where the comedy comes rather than like joke jokes. Yeah. And it was just, it was just so great to see Sandler and Ben Stiller in a proper movie together, which of course they were in happy Gilmore mm-hmm. in a very different context, sharing the screen in happy Gilmore. And then all these years later to, to do that, to my word stories is I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a great movie. Um, and then number one, Honestly, you can go with just about any moment from Uncut Gems. Like, there's just yeah. What what what's the one moment that's the best in that movie? It's, it's too hard to say, but maybe uh, I, I like I like him early on. Maybe in the first fifteen minutes or so with Barnett and, and the jewelry yeah. store, and it's just it, you're you're really introduced to his character, and it's like wow, this guy's this guy's something. Else. This, this is going to be interesting. Like just seeing how he interacts with people, and he's. There's just like a charisma about him in that movie mm-hmm. that's like how he ambles, kind of ambles about the store yeah. and New York in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Probably like the early scenes of Uncut Gems where you're really starting to learn about him, and you're like, this is going to be a wild ride. Yeah. I think I think that would be one. You think you see that, and you gotta say, strap in, strap <laughs> in, just just wait. Yeah. <laughs> A roller coaster. You're gonna go at the top, and then yeah. boom down. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my top three. Yeah, so many great good ones. Great though. Tops. So, oh, thank you. Thank you. So I guess that's just like me. But before I go on, where, where, um, a line that just came up to me. What fit, what Sandler film is this line from? Again, I kind of forgot. Some where someone says, uh, "I award you no points, and may God have mercy." Mercy on you. So that's Billy Madison. That's the great Jim Downey, who was a SNL writer, one of the longest tenured SNL writers, playing that role. And just yeah, that's from the great final act of Billy Madison. Which that's yeah, that's an incredible. Incredible scene, incredible moment, great conclusion. 
one that is probably the from click like the the bad future scene where he finds where he's Adam Sandler is now all really fat and sees his <laughs> sees his kids who are now moody teenagers and but the son's played by Jonah Hill now that's I'm, right wow Jonah Hill and his wife has remarried to, to Sam from Lord of the Rings too. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun and then they, him and Jonah would work together on Funny People a couple years later, and just uh, he would Jonah would also be in Grandma's Boy, which is Happy Mass production, and uh, Strange Wilderness. So he's always been cool with Sandler, him and Jonah for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the uh, and just like watching, uh, like I didn't even know that was uh, you know Sean Astin in the in the film until second viewing. Like yeah. I just uh, like. Yeah, Sam Lee, he gave him eruption of the brain for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my moving on to my number two is uh, from Just Go With It. And have it's it's a very small a very small moment, but it's still like part I remember the most, like when he and what was the the, the actress's name? The not Janice and the other one and just Brooklyn Decker maybe? Ah, uh, yeah, that's why I'm Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. She, where he and and he and her go to the, to the beach, and then in the morning she looks for the phone, takes out his pocket, and finds a wedding ring, and he's and she's shocked. What is this? And he says, "It's a circle. It's a circle." <laughs> <laughs> really, really, come on. Good thinking on the fly. Good thinking mm-hmm. on the fly. A circle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that, and also really like small moment, but really, I love how just it creates lots of humor on just one tiny, just one tiny moment, and that perfectly also set up the the plot of the film, basically. Yeah, yeah perfectly. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I used to watch it with my mom. Yeah, she she really loves uh, these rock rom by the way. Yeah, she's on. Oh yeah, Sandler's on some great rom coms, which uh, of course the Wedding Singer is probably his most well known. That's a beloved and move in and 51st states which he also did with drew at barrymore um and then uh, uh most recently occurred murder mystery last year which is kind of like the rom-com but like the murder thing and which by the way james vanderbilt the writer of zodiac wrote murder mystery which is mm-hmm. that's interesting anyway it's on netflix so yeah, those are my top two. And my number one, it's very, it's of course has to be from Uncut Gems. And unlike uh, the other examples, this one's probably the darkest one. So there are so many moments from Uncut Gems that I love, but I'm gonna be spoilers here. What really stood out, made the film great for me, would have to be like pretty much the the ending, like where the whole basketball game and where he like traps them in the storage room. And yeah, that scene was yeah the most nerve-wracking of the film, and that is not saying something. Like <laughs> truly, like 
how never have I known it can be stressful watching a game of basketball or a sports game in general. Well, yeah. aside from the World Cup, especially because yeah, yeah. My, my me and my mom, my brother, we always watch the World Cup every four years, and it's very stressful yeah. for us every time. Every time Argentina plays, because we want them to win, and it's just, for sure. Because uh, if you don't have that, often if you don't have that home kind of country, home city, like uh, like rooting, that's why a lot of people do bet on sports because it's like it gives it certainly gives an incentive it adds the stake because your literal money is riding on it so look it's certainly not healthy and certainly we at sin city do not condone gambling or anything of the sort so don't do what you can on your own time we have to say nothing of the sort but certainly that's why people get into that like you know certainly people get heavily into sports and like fantasy sports and like oh well you know when people get like super like mad about sports and like something like that, there's a good chance they got something like deeper riding on it, which as you've seen with uncut gems and hopefully, you know, these people don't have, it's not the similar end to uncut gems because that's brutal. Mm-hmm. Your friend, Howard Ratner. Yes. Very, very true. And, and, and by the way, I think, and yes, it's true. We don't, we don't condone gambling here in Sin City. It's Sin City, not Sin City. <laughs> true. yeah yeah i think i think honestly it takes away from the the genuine fun of sports when when gambling is involved because it should be more about just you see like loyalties get crossed when that happens and people should just cheer for the team that they you know they really love it shouldn't come down to those things i think it kind of takes away from it personally I'm not. I'm. I think gambling is a really terrible thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sports can be can be stressful. Just just if you're invested oh, fully. emotionally, right? Like that emotional investment is, I think, just as much as like a financial thing. Like, uh, but I like you're speaking of the World Cup, Nick. I I never really. Well, watching the World Cup in Canada was pretty interesting. But when I saw like the actual game on TV in Colombia during the World Cup. And just having like the entire neighborhood just making sounds when Columbia scored a goal, and like you, you literally hear like echoes down the street. Just everyone's at home; no one's on the street. Mm-hmm. The streets are just quiet. Well, the streets are quiet, but the houses are just full of cheering and horns. It's like when you see that, you you're like, yeah, this is sports. It's just like it touches on such an emotional thing that you can't really, you know, get from a lot of other things. It's pretty amazing. So true communal experience definitely yeah yeah exactly so i think yeah like you said sports can be stressful and it's like nerve-wracking but also so it could be so the opposite way it could be so uh celebrate what, what am i trying to say celebratory celebratory yeah yeah it could be the, you high, got it. the highs and lows right so i guess that's what makes the movie on kajem so interesting is like it could be. It could have been this like great high, but mm-hmm. it was a very, very big low, and yeah. he could have got out of that before yeah. it happened. But yeah. I know we've seen the movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like chasing that, chasing yeah. that adrenaline. This just chasing like, the dragon, which I know yeah. typically people say about heroin, but it's, I mean it's like a, it's a high and it's you know chasing the dragon, chasing the high. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, yeah, and yeah, in terms about your um, thing on betting on sporting events, how would you feel if someone was, you know, gambling or betting on the Oscars? Which they do. Like, you can bet on anything nowadays. It's wild. I think that... I mean, if it's like just for like bragging rights, I think that's one thing. But I don't think, yeah, I think it takes it would take the fun away from it if you actually started to try to yeah. turn it into something else, right? I think it's cool to make predictions. It's cool to kind of like do those things. But I think if 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 ever if everyone in the world was like Howard Radner, would be. This is not an inspirational story. Like this is not like, hey, be this dude. No, no, no. And when I say like, hey, this is relatable, I'm not saying like right on. Like I can no. relate to this guy. This is my hero. Like you know. Why do you think I had to get out of it? I mean look, it took me it took a pandemic to get me out of it, so definitely like a cautionary tale. It's like, yeah, cautionary that's the term. It's, it's it's fun to watch, not not fun to live. Definitely not. No, it's not. Because no, yeah. you're not living, to be real. Yeah. Not, that's not a way to live, truly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, well, this is, you know, this is a nice moral way to talk. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. Looking out for the young Sin City listeners. Yeah. Or old, you know, old people could use advice too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 pretty interesting though. I mean, like the psychology behind him is pretty messy. Like, yeah, he had some. It's like definite. It's like an addiction, straight up. Like the same as like a drug addiction, mm-hmm. alcohol addiction. It's just like, and you can see he's kind of like over. It overlaps. Like he's not like a. I don't know Adam Sandler's character, Howard Reiner. He's not like a. He's not into drugs or alcohol too much in the movie, but I think he borderlines on some other things that you're kind of like, ooh. It's true. Yeah, we we all have our we all get hooked on some on some things. Yeah. The time. You know, but you know what? As he said, I mean, he's addicted to winning. Yeah, this is how I. And yeah. he, that's what he's. That's at the end of the day, what he's addicted to winning. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and picking up with yeah, he just texted me. He said he, <clears throat> he said he's close to coming over to your house. And oh well, oh, I'll, I'll be sure. She rings the doorbell. Bring him in. Sure, man. Sure. Some pasta fazul. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to do this Pranos thing. Pasta. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Gabagool. Want some gabagool? How do you how, do you know what gabagool is? I've watched the Sopranos a hundred times. I, I know it's like an Italian dish. Gabagool. Am I saying that right? Gabagool? Gabagool. Yeah, what? There's this Esquire here. What the hell is Gabagool and why does Tony Soprano talk about it? Okay. Oh. Italian type, cold type cuts. Or something. Yeah. Gabagool. Hey, like that's that's beside the point. Salami. Kind of like kind of cold. Yeah. It's, like it's very specific to like a regional regional part of Italy, maybe like... Oh, for sure. Uh, Northern Italy, or maybe Southern Italy. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Uh, that's another one I need to watch. I need to watch The Crown of Sin. Yes, it's great. It's a great show. Not to break news here. Sin City. Episode 17, breaking news. Sopranos. 
Good show. Oh, yeah. Give it a watch. For, I'm giving it a watch for sure. Man. I, I'm much like uh, Dane here, I, I kind of like, I watched the pilot, but then I just stopped watching after that one. After that. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, stop seeing up. You've got, you got stuff going on. You know, you got to commit. Mm-hmm. I do remember, though, I, I watched randomly some episode of Sopranos when I was like 13 or 14. It was just on. Yeah. And I was so surprised by it. I was like, this is not, this is not what you were expecting. Like, I watched like 20 minutes. And I think it was a lot of like the family life for a bit. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is not what I was expecting from this friend. This is really, it's, it's so, it's, it breaks the, the stereotypes of what. It encompasses so much of life and just, yeah. the, and is like, you know, uh, talk about a previous. I mean, I think a future topic of the show, David Lynch, or David, you know, talking David Lynch, Gerald. He was David Chase. A lot of Davids. David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos. He was very influenced by David Lynch's Twin Peaks. For there's a lot of dream sequences on The Sopranos, which I, I think I can say that. A lot of like the surreal nature, and so there's which again, like you look at the poster, you don't exactly if you have no knowledge of it, you wouldn't expect that. You don't yeah. think oh, there's me, lots of weird uh, uh, dream sequences. There's mult. There's a couple episodes that are almost entirely. In a dream world of sorts, a purgatory of sorts, that happens. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And it's really about, like, the world building and that, I think. Like, it's like yes. the environment, the characters. It's it's That's more important than even, like, the story, I guess. It's just, like, the, the feeling, maybe. Oh, it's definitely a feeling. But I mean, there's a lot of, like, this love, like, in, you know, you get wrapped up. And certainly it's not an endorsement of anybody. I do like that it's, you know, I like that it was set in the present of the time. Man, going to Sopranos talk. But just, like, because a lot of the great dramas and stuff are, like, period, you know, like, Mad Men in the 60s and stuff. But I like the Sopranos, like, it's so current to the time. Like, at one point, Polly Wallace is talking about, like, bootlegging, like, Pokemon cards. And, like, it doesn't age it. Like, I like that. And just it's like, and then uh, to talk about topic, we talk about Dane is certainly the the war in Iraq, nine eleven stuff comes up as the show goes on, and you know yeah. some critiques on that how certain characters deal with that whole kind of post nine eleven state that that certainly comes up, and it's just it's really interesting. You write a hundred papers on oh, yeah. episodes. Yeah, and I think that's good because it'll be it'll be a timeless sort of thing because yeah, it, it, it'd be a lot harder to try to show like the two thousands twenty years later. Like when when you're actually in the thick of it, you can you can easily mm-hmm. incorporate stuff, and it doesn't seem forced or anything. Yeah, Looking I think that's admirable it. too. Like to like fully take the stuff on as you're doing it because you know it's a lot it means easy kind of easy to now to be like you know top of the iraq war like oh it sucked all that stuff whatever not to do this but but then like to have it like they're writing it as the stuff is happening and all that Mm -hmm. you know well the decisions and stuff are being made i think you know it's more of like an honest reflection of what you know yeah you know like what the sense of what the time was like yeah wow that sounds that's you you've sold it to me honestly like if you if you you're you're great at selling things but i think like the sopranos i really sold on it since you've you've introduced me to more of it so yeah it's great for sure as well and and then definitely cover it as the main topic for an episode of sin city too also to be clear very funny it's a very funny show i don't want to like make it seem like it's homework or anything like it's yeah. deep and certainly dramatic, but it's frequently hilarious. 
That's good. Great, yeah. What do you want? Good balance of drama and comedy. I guess that's why Game of Thrones didn't work out for you, eh, Ben? Yeah, it's true. I couldn't. Yeah. I can't do drama with, like, no comedy. Yeah, well, one of the many reasons to get invested. I mean, yeah. but, you know, I, like, I love Mad Men. Like, Breaking Bad was super funny, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is kind of crazy, like, you know, certain the way that that show goes. But even still, like, you know, it was very funny. Mad Men, The Wire's really funny. Deadwood's really funny. All these great drama, Like, Twin Peaks certainly is hilarious. Oh, yes. Like, all these are, you know... I think it's more, I like a more balance in the drama and stuff. Yeah. And it makes like the dramatic moments really hit. Because it's like sometimes if it's just nothing but like dramatic, it's kind of a slog and it's just kind of like, like a, it's like misery inducing. Yeah. It's like, it's and kind of like. Life's not really like that. It's not really no. like the other. No. It's just like a random chaos of emotions. So that's yeah. how life is. So. Very true. And bumpy rise for sure. Yeah. So, um, I gotta do something right now. My parents need me to do something, and it looks like that's all the time we have for today's show. Thank you so much, Beth and Dane. All right, hold on, let me do my mask. Hold on, quickly. Is that a new mask? Oh. You can take a picture of one of my, my, my lovely masks. Hey, yeah? Sure. Do, you like, uh, do you like my lipstick? It's a nice lipstick. Nice, man. You gotta use this for the promo. You know, go like a nice little... Where did you get that? Um, <laughs> www.shop.com. This is the wrestler Asuka, the Japanese women's wrestler Asuka. This is how it's done. Yeah. That matches your shirt perfectly. That's really yeah. cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. you can definitely get a good pick out of this. You know, do you want a little pose like this? You're like, so for the people listening to this, check you know, check Nick's gram, check out all the promo. You'll you'll see what we're talking about here. Sure, man. Yeah. So it's a, it's a multimedia experience in city. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much Jane for coming here, singing. Look at that. <laughs> And uh, this episode is brought to you by Canada Dry. Oh, it's disappearing for you. It's kind of disappearing. Oh, what? What now? That's funny. That was, that was I can fun. see it. I can see it now. But now you're kind of disappearing, Nick. <laughs> you're kind of in and out. Strange. Wow, that's really... <laughs> I love it, though. Very Lynchian. It is Lynchian. It is very surreal, indeed. <laughs> So, yeah, I love the well, great time though, Nick. Great time, second host Dane. Great, great fun, Cincinnati, <laughs> top of Sandman, and everything in between. That's right. You Covered it all, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Life. You brought lots life of life in general. Life itself. <laughs> we got so many things also to look forward this month. It's birth two birthdays. Like in two in a few week, days, it's gonna be my birthday, and then by the end of September, it's your birthday, Matt Ben. Yeah, birthday Ben. <laughs> birthday Ben. Ben Ben's <laughs> birthday. It's been... Anyway. God bless. Peace to quote Ringo Star. Peace and love. Peace and lots of wavy hair like Liberace. Mr. Sandman, someone to hold. Would be so peachy before we're too old. So please turn on your magic beat.